Well, welcome to the Fields Brother Show. Uh, you, normally, it's Fields Brothers, but my brother Jeff, who's obviously not as spiritual as I am, is all involved with the Barbersall Golf Championship, our PGA Championship here in uh, Jesmond County, Kentucky. And so I'll be carrying the podcast because um, he just had other commitments. What do you say? Four. Oh, there he is. Okay. <laughs> All right. I guess I, I underestimated him. I guess he will be a part Thank of Thank you for podcast. listening to the Fields Brothers Show. There we go. At one time, I did think it was just going to be me. Well, only my obligations haven't started quite yet, and I would make time for the podcast. So I'm, I'm a... Can do more than one thing. I do have a couple of golf things related. We'll get to. Oh, but do you want, do you want to give a more official intro first, or tell Here people we go. who yes, we are? Yes, I do. We're two recovering pastors with no known history of scandal. Live in the unfiltered grace of God in Central Kentucky. We emphasize the big stuff that God has done for us, rather than the little stuff we do for God. And we are your remedy for spiritual whiplash. One of my favorite phrases: mixed grace, rampant legalism, and religious obligations. And in case you're wondering, you're probably not, but if you are, we do not accept donations or advertising. Um, sometimes I mention I'm a realtor. Um, and we do have a book, though, on Amazon called Breaking the Hex, Life with God After the Cross Killed Religion. That's by the Fields Brothers. But if you send money, uh, and nobody ever does, but if you do, uh, Jeff's just going to blow it on golf and I'll spend it at Cracker Barrel. And the following views and opinions may not necessarily represent those of the staff and management of your local congregation. Listener discretion is advised. All right, Jeff, what do you got? Before we get to the golf, I want to clarify a couple things in your intro. I'll give you a chance. So, spiritual uh, whiplash. What What do you mean by? I mean how we say two different things. You know, there's something in Christianity. Lives, we say two contradictory things to people. We We say, for instance, oh, you know, one of them is your sins are forgiven. Jesus died for your sins, but you better be confessing them and repenting them of, of all of them or you're not forgiving of those. So are you forgiven or not? Well, on one side, it seems like you are forgiven. Mm-hmm. It will say, you know, God forgives and forgets all of your sins. But then we whip them right around and say, well, but you better be repenting and confessing all your sins to get forgiveness. And there's all kinds of things we do. Like We live on both sides of the cross. We drag in stuff in the old covenant into the new covenant. And we give people spiritual whiplash. So kind of whip back and forth yeah, between the old covenant and the yeah, new covenant. Yeah. And kind of in them. Then the recovering pastor. It's been a while since we talked about that. Normally yeah. you use that term, you know, recovering is used with an alcoholic. So we're not equating being a pastor with being an alcoholic, but both of us were full-time pastors at one time. And there is a sense of recovering from that. So in what way are we recovering from our role as pastor? How would you answer that? Well, one of the things, um, two ways. I think that we're not... You know, as pastors, you do have a tendency to want to, for lack of a better term, control people. You know, you mm-hmm. want the people of your church to all be living right. You want them to be doing the right kinds of things. And a lot of times, we, I think pastors overstep their bounds to put people under obligations. You know, to get them to work hard, to get them to serve, to get them to do things to build that particular denom- or that particular congregation. And so we're not in that anymore. And I think we're just kind of out of the whole. You know, just the whole church idea that you've just got to get people to perform to better the church. Does that make sense? Yeah, and so it's not that we're against pastors or against that role. Uh, there's some pastors out there that we have a great deal of respect for and appreciation for. We had one on the podcast yeah, last week, yeah, so yeah. so it's not that. But, yeah, there is a sense. It reminded me of a phrase. I probably mentioned this a long time ago that Wayne Jacobson used, and he it was a friend 
uh, co-author of his on, on one of his books that said something, I think I remember how it goes, that when, and this would apply to a lot of different situations, not just in a congregational pastor, but it certainly applies to that. The quote was something like this, when your sense of well-being depends on other people, you will manipulate them. Mm-hmm. That there is just uh, sometimes an, an unintentional that, you know, it's it's really easy in that role of, of a modern-day pastor for your sense of well-being, your sense of success, your even spiritual success, not even mm-hmm. talking about just even, a, you know, in a sense, a, a godly type of fruitfulness or whatever that depends on the conduct and response of other people. I mean, that's just a, it's kind of a, a, a dead end and uh, takes a while to get free from that. Now, back to what everybody's wanting to know about is, is the Barbersaw Golf Tournament. A couple things. One, uh, first of all, it's not related to the Barbersaw. Do you like my new hat? Did you see my new hat? Yeah, it's a little bitty emblem of Kentucky. It's yellow. Okay, it's the outline of the state of Kentucky. It's yeah. a white hat on the front of it. It's the outline of the state of Kentucky. It's in yellow, and, and there is a golf flag. golf flag sticking up from kind of about where Lexington is. Is that a logo of somebody's or just uh, somebody? Yes, you don't. That's what I'm trying to. You don't recognize this logo? No, no. The Masters, Augusta National, the Masters. The Masters logo is the map of the United States with a flag where the state of Georgia is, where the Masters is played. So you all ripped off the logo from the ripped Masters? Ripped off is such a harsh term. I okay, wouldn't use, stole. Maybe, hijacked. Maybe is that better? Borrowed. <laughs> okay. No, I didn't know that. I wasn't familiar so with the Masters logo. So, so this hat was, I post on Facebook, so a few people have already seen it there, but it's, uh, I really like the hat. Um, it was a gift from Troy. Troy surprised us, came in over the weekend, and our the one son we have that lives out of town, and uh, that was a late Father's Day. He designed that himself uh, through a company where you can design your own. Oh, really? Yeah. And all that. And so he's the one that ripped so it, it off. So, oh, well, he borrowed it. Okay. <laughs> he didn't make any money <laughs> off of it. So anyway, and the uh, regarding the barbersaw tournament, it, it does start here. Um, just a couple of days after we're recording this, I will be on the Golf Channel. This podcast will come out Sunday of that. So if you're watching later on that day, watch for me following one of the groups. I don't know which group it will be. One thing I did learn, I'm not a marshal now. You know, I work with the TV. They changed the title of marshal. They're no longer using the term marshal. Okay, for so the guys what is that hold now? up the signs that say quiet, please, yes. or hush y'all and all that. <laughs> you're going to like this. <laughs> they are calling them, well, the, the acronym is GMA. It does not stand for Good Morning America. Okay. GMA. Gallery Management Ambassador. Gallery Management, Management Ambassador. Ambassador. Oh, boy. Doesn't that um, sounds pretty uh, fancy, I. E. doesn't you it? hold up a sign that says, hush, <laughs> y'all. Wow. Okay. Um, well, that's a, that isn't a sign of our times. couple Gallery of other things uh, kind of off topic here before we get into maybe some things. That, oh, oh, I almost forgot. We um, I don't know if you're aware or not. We have made it big time, Roger. <laughs> okay. Are you? I don't know. I, I just realized this a few days ago. Okay. Someone Googled, someone that I was in contact with, uh, Google that wasn't all, real familiar with us, Google the Fields Brothers. You know, it wasn't that long ago, a few years ago, if you Googled the Fields Brothers, you yeah, remember what came country up? country music group or bluegrass. There was two brothers. Yeah, yeah. They were two brothers out of a family of like eight or ten or more kids, and they, they recorded some songs in the 70s. And a few years ago, if you Google the Fields Brothers, that's what came up. Not anymore, huh? No, so we bumped the music Fields Brothers off the bed. If, you, if okay. you Google the Fields Brothers now, you get us and our podcast and yeah, probably our website. That? And so we have made a big time. But, you know, 
you know, it's kind of true what people say when you finally reach the mountaintop. It's just not as, it's not <laughs> yeah. as fulfilling as you thought it would be. You know, oh, it, it just doesn't seem to have the the. Hey, look, I have a moral dilemma I was going to present to you. Go so ahead. You can go ahead. Me. Okay. Go now, ahead. you know, I'm on the, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast or not, but I'm on the board of the Jesmond County Homeless Coalition. Did you, mm. you knew that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, yeah. So we meet about every week or so, sometimes several times. I didn't times. realize, I didn't realize you met that often. Oh, yeah. We meet a lot. And a lot of things going on, getting a new building, a lot of exciting things happening. It really does do a great work. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. There's about ten of us on the board. Well, you know, they get some. We get some money from the state and all that, but we're always trying to figure out ways to raise money. So they're going to do a, we're going to do a um, um, parade kind of fair thing in the in the fall. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that's come up that I guess what we're going to do uh, is we're going to do bingo. And you know, in bingo, what you can do is in Kentucky. I, I guess it changes state. So gambling. To state. Well, hang on. Yes, it is. But here's. You, you go to the state and you can get a gambling license. It is a gambling license as long as half of the proceeds go to a nonprofit organization. I'm going to have something about this when you're done. Okay. Keep going. Hey, and I, so, I, you know, I guess we're going to do bingo, which is going to be a huge hit in Chesapeake <laughs> County, I can promise you. And so it looks like my role, I'm not going to be like the number called or anything like that, but I think I'm going to be in a role. I forget what they call it. I, general something but what is where if there's a controversy i've got to settle and it may be more than one person more than just me controversy so in other words well if it says b16 and they said no you said b6 i'm gonna say no no it was b16 i don't know what i do but we have to go through a class for this I'm going to go through a class to learn how to, to learn how to effectively officiate. run. Yeah, officiate. you're going to be a, ref, a bingo referee. I basically. kind of, I guess so. I don't know. For do you sure wear yet. a special striped shirt I, I don't or anything? Know. Or? No, I don't think you wear a striped shirt. But I, I don't know. I'll, I'll report back more when I know. But I think it's going to start in August. So you're going to kind and, of be the guy. Oh, well, what's one of the big names out in Las Vegas that has huge, you know, resorts and all that? Wynn, is that one of them? Yeah. You're going to be kind of what he is to Vegas. You're going to be that. I to, think so. To yeah, the County. County. yeah, could be. Could be. <laughs> but they've got a building for it. And so I guess, but I can guarantee that in Jasmine County, there's going to be a lot well, that, of people come out for yeah, this. That reminds me one time with a good friend of mine who's a big Cincinnati Reds fan. But now yeah. we need, but you didn't. Oh, you, you know, need me to yeah, advise you I, here or counsel you? Well, yeah. I mean, what, what do you think? Your brother. It's going to be, you know, wading into the gambling industry, I guess. I will trust the uh, the spirit within you to uh, to okay. guide you along the way. Okay. And I will uh, not lose much I mean, I looked bingo up in the Bible. I couldn't find anything. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like there's a little bit of liberty. I mean, I, you know. So when, when, when will this start? In August. That's what they think. So your is. class is where? Is that an online deal or? Is it, no, I think I have to go to class. Where's it at? I, I don't know yet. Is it I in have, Vegas? It's not in Vegas. No, no, it? it's in Kentucky. It's a Kentucky. <laughs> may go. I may have to go to Frankfurt. I don't know, but you know, we got to go through because it's a. It's a. I mean, it's highly regulated. I mean, and somebody has to be there to oversee all the money to make yeah, sure yeah. that. Half of that money goes to a nonprofit, which will go to the judgment. Yeah, County I didn't. Know, I think I mentioned to you. I, yeah, I knew someone that. Uh, I knew someone that got in trouble for embezzling money for a, really? for a run bingo for it was for a little league or for a, some type of a baseball league um guy yeah. that uh anyway well what what reminded me of one time years ago i was going to a cincinnati reds game with a good friend of mine who's a huge reds fan so we were going to the reds game just two of us driving up together and the cincinnati reds have a thing called split the pot 
And so you, you essentially buy raffle tickets. Back then, they were actual physical tickets. Now they've, it's all digital and electronic. But back then, it was, you know, so you could buy. And half the money would go to some community so does at charity the game thing. Yeah, at the, game, at the game. Yeah. And so these people, would, you could either go to a booth and buy tickets. And there's like like $2 a ticket. And, or, you know, you, you got a better deal if you bought more. You know, $2 per ticket okay, or you can so. get 10 for you know 15 or whatever and then if you won you split the pot you'd get half the money and the, the local community fund or whatever some charity would get the other half and so this friend of mine he, he's a believer and so we kind of got uh, talking about you know is that gambling or not you know is that is that sin or not to, it's, it's to, half to gambling, be there maybe well, well the comment i made to him and so then then sometime during the seventh or eighth inning they post the numbers on the scoreboard of the winning numbers okay. and these are like six or seven digit numbers and, and he would typically get a you know several of them get a roll and you see if any of them well i told him on the way up there i said well it, it's it's only a sin if you win you know, because yeah. if, if you lose, then, and I was just joking. Yeah. There. Yeah. Lo and behold, he won that day. Really? <laughs> no kidding. How much did he win? It was like half of it was, I think the pot was like, I want to say $1,300, $1,500 or something like that. Huh. So he won several hundred dollars. Well, wow. And of course, since then, it's in Ohio. So that means, you know, so he had to. File, oh, no. you know, oh, it gets cool. reported so on your taxes. That's not even worth it. I would have given the money away before I <laughs> but, but jump we, over the we, river. We had now. a big kick out of that. Um, anyway, a couple of other things. There is one thing I want to get to, but a couple of other things before that. Um, they, um, have you seen Have you seen stories where there's some disaster, typically either a tornado or a huge flood or a fire, and the Bible comes out unscathed? And there's a picture of a Bible, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. and and that's yeah. kind of yeah. wow, you know, yeah. God's power. Yeah. He protected the Bible. Well, I'm not so sure of that now. Um, I don't you're know if you're so aware. Cynical, though. Well, I mean, hold on, yeah. listen, okay. listen to me. Let right. me finish out here. A week or so ago, are you aware there was a house fire very close to just a few streets over from Teresa's parents, the no, house that, that where they live in, no, just a few blocks over, a few roads over in that same general neighborhood. I don't. They haven't released the cause of the fire. One of the houses was vacant. One, I don't know if it was either a couple or a family. It was at least a husband and wife. I don't know if they had kids or not. Um, destroyed both houses. I mean, huh. both of them were totally destroyed. But I saw online, on, and that neighborhood association has a Facebook group. And I saw in there, and they, they were cutting the names of who was there. And they mentioned the, the wife of the one were, that was not vacant. And when I say the other one was vacant, I mean totally unoccupied. It wasn't just that they weren't home. Nobody was living there at the time. But the one, the one, the wife teaches at a, some type of a Muslim school, is school of Islam around here in the Lexington area. And they posted on Facebook um, pictures of the Quran yeah. that they had in their home that was untouched by the fire. There you go. And everyone's talking about, well, wow, you know, the power of God. I think, well, okay, that kind of shot down the... Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't I know, thought, what, you know what to make of that. I never... Knew what to make of that to begin with. But. You got anything else before I kind of... Well, I got stuff, there? but go ahead. What you got? You heard a, um, a segment as a YouTube video, actually, part one and part two. A pastor I'd never heard of. So, you know, we're not against pastors. A uh, pastor I'd never heard of till recently. He's near Kansas City, uh, named Fred Young. And he pointed out something in Psalm 22, 23, and 24 that I had never noticed that, that really fascinated me. He, he was... It was... A sermon about a different thing but anyway so i don't need to go into that what it what the the overall sermon was about but you know in psalm 22 which is clearly a messianic psalm so that's the psalm that starts out you know my god my god why have you forsaken me and so a lot of people use that 
to teach that God turned God the Father turned His back on God the Son that you know He couldn't look at sin and so um, that's the way I've always he reject, heard that. He rejected yeah. the Son yeah. and part of the controversy and this is what he got into this and this is why he dealt with this he was taught he was kind of he was defending the Shack movie he preached these when the Shack movie was coming out okay so he had two sermons basically in defense of of the Shack the, the book and the movie okay. and one of the controversial things in the movie in the book is that. All three persons of the Trinity have nail prints in their hands, Father, right. Son, and Holy Spirit. Right. And basically, the, the writers there were just wanting to emphasize that the entire Godhead was involved in mm-hmm. that. I mean, they're not, they're not trying to get yeah. overly theological with it, but, but a lot of people have problems with that. And a lot of people use that verse, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, of course, we know that Jesus was quoting from Psalm 22. But two interesting things that he pointed out. One is later in that chapter, and I had, and there's other stuff in that chapter that, that clearly make it a messianic type of thing um and talks about the you know that he thirsted and and other stuff you get to verse 24 says for he so this is psalm 22 24 for he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted nor has he hidden his face from him but when he cried to him he heard so it's interesting that exact same chapter later on it specifically says he has not hid his face from him. And Jesus obviously knew the whole chapter and the people around there probably knew the whole chapter when he said that. So that was one interesting thing. The other interesting thing. So Psalm 22, clearly a messianic type of chapter. Psalm 23, we're familiar with mm-hmm. part in that. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. death. And so we have death in Psalm 23. So we have picture of the cross in 22. We have death in 23. Then in 24, Starts out, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness therein. And then the end of, toward the end of chapter 24, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? Then goes on, lift up your heads, O you gates, and lift them up, you know, repeats that. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. Which, and, and this pastor said, and I, th- I think he's probably right. I don't think this is too much of a stretch. Is, you know, that's obviously Jesus. So the king of glory is obviously Jesus. And that's a, that's a picture of triumph. And so we kind of have the death, burial, and resurrection in chapter 22, 23, and 24. So, I mean, the whole Bible's about Jesus, including the Psalms. And so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is anyway, cool. Well, here, that, that kind of dovetails into one of the things I was going to bring up. Okay. Um, Second Timothy, you know, we know Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is breathed out by God. This is, in, I think, the English Standard Version. All Scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training, righteousness. Okay. Well, the verse before that, verse 15 says, and how from childhood, this is Paul writing to Timothy, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings or holy scriptures, some say, which are able to make you wise to salvation for faith in Christ Jesus. So basically what he says is all they had at that time were the Old Testament scriptures when Mm -hmm. this was written. They weren't reading out of the book of Galatians. You know, that's what they had was the the Old Testament writings. So from the Old Testament scriptures, Timothy was made wise unto salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The, there is, I think that is so much more in the Old Testament than we realize. Yeah. You know, there's the obvious passages that we've always mm-hmm. known, Isaiah 53 and some of those others, but I think it's, there are a whole lot more than there's, we realize. And the Ethiopian eunuch, wasn't he the one that uh, Philip took the Old Testament? You know, he asked him, what this, what's this Yeah, they mean? were like, you know? reading from the book of Isaiah. And um, so there's a lot of references to the fact that the Old Testament speaks of Jesus. And I want to do a study. I mentioned this you know, a while back, but the term prophets, I want to read through, I mean, I want to do a study on the word prophets and from basically from Acts on 
and particularly from Romans on. I mean, you hear of apostles, and we've talked about that in recent podcasts, but who were the prophets? And so I'm thinking okay. who the prophets were the Old Testament prophets. I apologize for this ahead of time. But oh, no, you're going to go there again? <laughs> when, we, when, we, when we do bingo, we're, we're anticipating to make lots of prophets. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. We might have to edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> um, I saw someone on Facebook the other day. It was kind of funny. He said, I've, I've never been into picketing. But he said, and I forget who it was, but it's like, this would be one thing he would picket. And he'd have a sign that says, no to St. Augustine's progressive sanctification doctrine. I don't think I've ever seen that on a picket sign. And basically, the whole idea is sanctification, that, you know, we're not sanctified in Christ. We're not, you know, we're not new creation. That's a progressive thing. It takes a long time to be sanctified. We're never, and he just blamed it all on St. Augustine, which I guess it kind of goes back to that. And so he, he's ready to join a picket line as long as the picket signs say no to St. Augustine's progressive sanctification doctrine. It doesn't have to be a big sign or very small print to get all that. I don't know what kind of chant you would, you know, any good picket, you need some type of a, of a chant. But <laughs> That'd be a pretty we'll, funny uh, chant. We'll okay. All right. Okay, one other thing, and this kind of had two different things lately that kind of dovetail together. One I heard recently, um, one our friend David Moss had a great post a couple of weeks ago about, and, and we've, I'm sure you're familiar with this. There's a sense, and he, he was quoting some, I forgot what it was, but there's a sense in the way we're taught a lot of times in church circles, this gets back to that whiplash, that the more mature you are as a Christian, as a believer, the more aware of your sin you are. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that there, there's a very prominent pastor that says that point yes, blank. Yes, yes. Okay. One on the West Coast. Yes. Yeah. And so... I mean, that just seems, if you don't know better, that seems... Seems logical. Yeah, I mean, that's easy to believe. You know, very few people yeah. that the idea, okay, the, because the the more mature you are, the more sensitive to sin you're going to be. So the more you and walk so around the beaten more, down with guilt and shame because you know you're not living up to this standard. It, it's kind of like the guiltier you feel, the more spiritual yeah, the more you are, spirit, which yeah. is so contrary How, to, to, wow. to the gospel of grace. But along with that is the idea of light. And I heard this recently and. You know, First John talks about God is light, and there's and a lot of times we hear different preachers, different writers, and all this. The idea that the light of God exposes our sin. You know, God is light, and so He, the Holy Spirit, that God, the you know, right. He's always going light, around the flashlight. He, he, yeah, He's going to expose the sin that's that's right. in our heart. Right. And I thought about well, Ephesians five eight says that you are light. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we I mean that's part of our identity. You yeah. know, we don't don't often talk about that. We talk right. about we are rights, but we are light. And so the light of the Holy Spirit, more than anything, exposes our righteousness because that's who we are. We are light. We are right. not sin. And the so. Holy Spirit, it says, teach us what we've been freely given yeah. by God through Christ. Hey, let me ask you a question. Would you say um, that, would you agree with this statement, that a lot of stuff that we teach in church that would produce guilt and shame, like, like for this is this one, if you're really mature, that you're going to be, you know, more aware of your sin. And I think I can make a case that a lot of the stuff that we teach like that is really is really abuse to people. It's really abuse. Yeah, we touched on I that mean, just a little bit last people week. Down. With, with, uh, I mean, this has people. I mean, what we preach in churches. I mean, mm-hmm. people take this stuff to heart, and we and we essentially either directly or indirectly tell them you are. You know, the other thing about darkness. You know, darkness doesn't mean something's bad. It just means you can't see it. Yeah. I mean, there, there are other times where darkness probably mm-hmm. is used for evil, but but there's, I think in this sense, normally, you, just you know, can't so if see there's it. darkness in our heart, it doesn't mean that there's sin. It just means you can't, it's dark. You can't it, see it. Yeah. You know, so the yeah, light reveals the righteousness of Christ in us. 
But yeah, and so the I mean the horrible this gets back to the the whiplash. Might put whiplash in the title on this one, but you know, we tell people, you know, that your heart's just you know, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked and the Holy Spirit's exposure to sin. Now go out and yeah. live right. Yeah. You know? I mean, sh- share that good news with people. Yeah. yeah. And basically you're telling people go out and live according to somebody you're not. Right. Go out and pretend you're not who I just said you are. <laughs> you know, type of thing. As opposed to the gospel of grace, and this is this is the pattern in the epistles. You know, you are new in Christ. You are righteous and holy in him. You have a new heart. The Spirit of God lives in you. You've been joined with Christ. Now, in light of all that, just be who you are. All right. I was going to bring the scripture up so. in another podcast, but can, let me go ahead and bring this up now. Okay, I think this is exactly what you're talking about. Second Corinthians, we know this verse well. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen: If a man is in Christ, mm-hmm. okay, it's a new creation. Old has passed away. Behold, everything's new. All this is from God, who has reconciled us to Himself and given us this ministry of reconciliation, not a ministry of of rejection or, or guilt or condemnation. That was mentioned in chapter three, basically. or 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 a ministry of um, self improvement or all mm-hmm. the stuff we. Did. It's a ministry of reconciliation. Now, here, what is that? Well, that is in Christ. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has entrusted to us this message of reconciliations. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, making this appeal through us, imploring people to be reconciled to God. I mean, the ministry we have is a ministry of reconciliation, not a ministry of we're going to make you feel worse than you already are. It's not a ministry of shame or guilt or obligations Mm -hmm. or religion. It's a ministry of... God's already taken care of the sin problem. Already removed it. Yeah. Not holding your sins again. Just, just come home. Just, that, I heard a know. good presentation on that recently. Someone, and mom touched on that a little bit when she was on the podcast, that the sin has been taken care of. The problem is spiritual death. The day you yeah. sin, Adam and Eve, the day you sin, you'll surely die. Yeah. They died, but they didn't die physically. They died spiritually, and that was the pattern until you know Jesus gives us life. He is our life, and so we become one with him. and. And, and when you say that's kind of the illustration with the, the prodigal son, I mean, wasn't that when the son came home, the dad said, okay, I guess we'll just forget all this and I'll forgive you. The dad already wasn't holding this right, against him. Right. The kid just finally decided to come home, but the dad was, he was, dad was ready to welcome him back way before that. So I just think, um, I think any minister needs to realize that we have a ministry of reconciliation. And it's, it's it's good news. It's what happened. It's it's a what happened message, not a how to message. Yeah. We use that in the book. It's also true of our podcast. So this podcast is not a how to podcast. It's a what happened podcast. There is good news, and we'd like to share it. Anything else, Jeff? Before we sign off. This may be a tease for next on the Creflo Dollar. Have you seen he's in the Oh, yeah, Facebook? I was going to bring that up. You want to do that oh, next yeah. podcast? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that is going to be. And wow, I'm, that's I'm, been a yeah. bit of a firestorm. Okay, all yep. right. Next podcast, we'll talk about Creflo Dollar, and uh, he had a change of thinking on a very uh, interesting oh, subject. I got a few things to say about okay, that. Okay, all right. <laughs>